This is the 5 a.m. Miracle, episode number 500. Think like the pros. Master quick decision-making for lightning-fast progress. Good morning, and welcome to the 500th episode of the 5 a.m. Miracle podcast. I am Jeff Sanders, and for the last 10 years, this has been the podcast dedicated to dominating your day before breakfast. My goal on this show is to help you bounce out of bed with enthusiasm, create powerful lifelong habits, and tackle your grandest goals with extraordinary energy. In the episode this week, I'll break down how avoiding making a decision is destroying your productivity from the core, how to make decisions faster, and how to use the one-sentence test to define exactly what you're working on. Let's get to it. Indecision is a brutal, self-generating obstacle. Are you stuck right now between a rock and a hard place? And if so, what call will you make and how fast? You know, pros think differently from amateurs. Professionals know that lingering on a decision doesn't get the job done. It just delays it until you finally make the call and move eventually. This week, we will transition from amateur to pro, using strategies that are certain to bolster your progress towards your most ambitious goals. So let's dig into what it means to think like the pros, to master making decisions faster, and then ultimately getting more progress faster than ever. Let's begin with a conversation around what it means to be an amateur versus a pro. I've covered this topic before on this podcast in a lot more depth in the show notes this week at jeffsanders.com slash 500 or 500. You will see links to other episodes in this podcast that I discussed this with a lot more detail, including Stephen Pressfield's book, Turning Pro. Excellent book. Definitely read that one. Uh, for the context of today's conversation, we're going to talk about the difference between amateurs and pros based on this one particular element, which is making faster decisions, thinking more quickly, moving faster, getting to the end result, the finish line, as fast and efficient as possible. Speed is the name of the game here. And not speed because we have to move quickly in this world we live in, but speed because if you don't move quickly, if you don't make decisions fast, if you decide to take the alternative approach, you may find yourself stuck. You may find yourself delaying, procrastinating, and putting off your most important decisions. I'm not going to argue here that moving quickly is a requirement for most things. It probably isn't. But if you're the kind of person who tends to delay, if you're the kind of person who tends to get stuck, who tends to procrastinate, who tends to say, you know what, I just can't seem to make a decision. I am stuck. That is my reality now. It has been before. It probably will be in the future. You're going to need this. Like This is going to be a life-changing set of skills and strategies that are going to help you get unstuck to build momentum to get to that progress you're dying to get to. That's what this is for. Now, if you're the kind of person who already makes awesome, fast choices, and that's where you have been, this is a great refresher to continue to be there to get the progress you're seeing already, and you'll just see more of it. So icing on the cake if that's where you are now. So let's dig into what does it mean to be an amateur versus a pro? Well, amateurs will wait for an epiphany. 
They will sit around and hope that one day a brilliant new idea will just show up. That hopefully their brain will somehow magically figure out the solution to their problem. That's a pretty common tactic. It's common to wait for a magical solution. That's the amateur approach. The pro, on the other hand, will do the exact opposite. The pro will sit and do the work knowing that an epiphany or luck, if you call it that, is a natural byproduct of working. When you're in the middle of a project, when you're doing the work, you're laboring away, the next task, the next action, the next event, the next meeting, you're doing the work. Epiphanies show up. Luck, in quotes here, shows up. Because all of that is a natural byproduct of being in the middle of the thing, doing the action, being a part of that scene. And if pros put themselves there, they know that they'll get what they want from that. Whereas amateurs will sit and wait and hope and wonder, will that day ever come? Will I get that brilliant idea? Will this amazing thing just fall into my lap on accident? And usually the answer is no, it won't. It's not going to happen until you decide to do the work. Second point, amateurs try to do everything themselves, whereas pros will seek advice from smarter people around them, mentors, books, podcasts like this one, because pros know that they themselves do not have all the answers. Now, I will raise my hand right here and say that I am a big victim of this one. I'm very much a self-starter. I'm very much the kind of a high achiever who believes that he, I, Jeff Sanders, can do it all. And so that's what I set out to do. I try to do everything myself. And as someone who has fallen victim to this line of thinking for most of my life, I can tell you firsthand how important this is to seek advice from smarter people, to not believe your own hype, to not believe your own ego to understand that others are more talented, smarter, faster, better, and can get the job done in a way that is probably going to be a better use of your time to get you to your end result faster. That's the point. It's not to say that you can't do it yourself. It's to say that for you to achieve the goal that you're after, involving others in intelligent ways will actually serve your own interests in a better way. So it actually serves your own ego and your own intentions better than if you try to do the whole thing on your own. Third point, amateurs delay making a choice, once again, hoping the right answer will appear eventually or a better time will be available in the future. The key here is that amateurs are under the assumption that a better time will exist down the road, that the current reality, that today is not the day, that there actually is a better day somehow going to show up on the calendar under this assumption that today is not possible, that somehow today doesn't work, that somehow this moment isn't the moment. Whereas pros actually make the choice today because they don't have time to wait for a magical future date because pros know that decisions are actions and actions lead to progress and that progress will only take place if the actions happen right now. Delaying things for a better day, once again, in quotes, this better time, better future reality, the waiting for this mythical future date is a delay tactic. It is waiting for something that will not show up until the work is done 
And the pros make the choice today. They say, if this is going to happen, it's going to happen now. The moment is now. The time is today. Period. Fourth point. Amateurs avoid hard work in search of something a heck of a lot easier. (laughs) Right? Amateurs will tend to ask the question, how can I just not do this? Because it sounds hard. It sounds challenging. It sounds like I'll have to give some effort here and what I'm doing now is easier. So I'll just stay where I am versus the pros who get the job done despite its level of difficulty. This is such a crucial point. If you have a list of things to do, if you have a to-do list for a project, you have a very specific set of these key things need to get done. The pro will look at that list and say, What's first on the list? What's the most important next objective? And they will do it. The level of difficulty is not in the equation. The pro will basically say, who cares? I don't care if it's hard. I don't care if it's easy. If it's the next most important thing, it's going to get done. End of sentence. The amateur, though, will look at that list of things to do, and they're going to reorganize it. And they're going to put it into a list of easiest to hardest, of I could do this right now, so I'll seek out that objective first. And the ones at the bottom of the list that are now the hardest to get done, I'll do those tomorrow. Well, now all of a sudden, your list of things to do is organized by challenging difficulty levels. It's organized by what you think is going to get you moving. Now, to counter my point here, this is the snowball effect in action. The snowball effect is saying, I want to build momentum on easier things to then get to the harder things. However, The snowball effect is a very dangerous strategy. It's a slippery slope. It will work for some people, but if it doesn't work, what ends up happening is those items at the bottom of the list, those harder tasks, do not get done. They get delayed and delayed indefinitely, or potentially they only get sought out to be completed at the very last second. Only if you are forced to do it will you actually do it which of course is risky. It's a high risk choice. That strategy has a lot of potential uh, to mess up your workflow. If you're the kind of person who says, you know what? I want to do the easy thing first. I want to build momentum and get to the harder thing later. But will you? Will you actually get to the harder thing later? Is that true? If it is true and you did build momentum and it did allow you to ramp up to the harder task, awesome. I'm not going to Uh, ignore that as a real potential strategy. I've used it many times. It does work in certain scenarios. But I believe very strongly that the alternative here is the better path. And the alternative is to say, whatever is the next most important objective, that's the thing I'm going to do, despite how hard it may be. And that's a harder choice. The whole point of this, of the differential here between amateurs and pros is seeking out the better path, the one that leads to the progress you want. And to do that, to acknowledge that that's the reality you want is to acknowledge that change is required and seeking out difficult things is required. You don't accidentally get a lot done. You don't accidentally do hard things. It's a choice. It's intentional. And the pros seek that out on purpose. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? 
When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now, the fifth and final differential here on amateurs and pros is that amateurs believe there is a perfect answer out there somewhere, whereas pros know that perfection is a myth and that the only tangible, real-world progress you can achieve comes from imperfect action. The perfection trap is such a difficult one. I am an absolute victim of this. I have this perfectionistic tendency towards all the things I do. Um, I will use this episode of the podcast as another example. This is my third recording of this episode. The first one went very poorly. The second one was still terrible. <laughs> and the third one is what you're hearing now. Now, why did I record this episode three times? Not full out three times. Why did I restart the process? Well, the answer is I wanted it to be perfect or at least as close to what I thought that would be. So here I am now in the middle of the episode recording it imperfectly with mistakes, with goofy things. I'll try to edit out later if I can. But imperfect action is what leads to a finished product. Imperfect action is what leads to the thing getting done. And this desire to say it's got to be just right. It's got to be just, oh, the sweet spot, the A-plus work. It's got to be right there. And if it's not right there, I'm not going to do it. Well, unfortunately, you're not going to get anything done. Right? <laughs> that's the idea. That's the attitude towards whatever the thing is you're trying to do. If perfection is the standard, the thing is never going to happen. It's just, it's an unfortunate reality from my perspective because I have such a high bar for quality on so many things that I do. Um, I'll use another good example here recently. Uh, I have two young kids at home, two young girls who basically don't care if our house is clean or dirty, right? It's not a priority for them whatsoever. Uh, but me, as a perfectionist and as someone who is a high achiever, works from home, uh, wants his personal workspace to be in tip-top shape to do my best work, well, guess what? I have to clean my house constantly. It's just a reality for me. And I have this desire to have what I'm calling a, a perfect home. Now, not in the sense of what that may sound like in your head, perfect in the sense that everything is put away. In, in my mind, perfect means that the house is set up. It's ready. I've hit the equilibrium zero. If you use that concept from a long time ago, uh, that concept basically says there is kind of a homeostasis I'm trying to get to. 
And for me, that means that everything that is out that could be put away is put away. The, the toys are put away. The dishes are put away and washed. The laundry is put away. Right? If that's your reality where you have this predefined set of what perfect could look like, you want to go for that. But what I have discovered, I don't know, all day, every day for the last five years of my life as a parent is that perfection in that particular scenario is ridiculous. <laughs> There's no way I'm ever going to get there. And if I do, it is so fleeting. It lasts for such a short amount of time and then it's gone. And so this idea that imperfect action leads to real world progress is absolutely true. It is the standard to go for it is the, I, the very simple idea that if you want something, you just go do anything towards that thing and forget the quality bar initially. You can ramp up quality as, as time progresses, but you want to start with this idea that imperfect action is the thing, the standard bearer for actual progress. So now that we've basically broken down these differentials here on amateurs and pros, I want to talk more about what it means to be a pro and specifically from this idea of location or this idea of acting more like a pro. Amateurs and pros associate with different people. They hang out in different places. They make different choices about their lifestyle, their daily routines and habits. Um, as a good example of this, I had this idea uh, last week at the gym, and it really struck me. I was at the gym late on a Friday afternoon. This is around 4, 5, 6 p.m. kind of time frame. This is when amateurs tend to clock out early for the weekend. This is when the hardcore, you can call them gym rats, I guess, but the most physically fit, committed people to a schedule who have said, I'm going to work out every afternoon, no matter what. These are the guys and gals who are out there saying, I'm going to be here for a reason consistently on my schedule. Well, the people at the gym on Friday afternoons, they're hardcore. They're awesome. They're really making a mark on their own personal goals. And guess what? The gym is almost empty. Like there's hardly anybody there because the few people who are there, they're there for a reason. They're not going to clock out early. They're not going to take the weekend off. They have a committed goal and they're there for a reason. And it's so powerful to see that in action, right? You can see pros in that example at the gym on a Friday afternoon you know, doing their thing. You can also see pros hard at work at sunrise, you know, 5 a.m. miracle-esque, because they know that's when the miracle happens, right? Pros are up early and they're moving quickly because they have things to do, right? Their life is important to them. Their goals are important to them. And those, we'll call them amateurs, who tend to sleep in, who tend to be a little more lackadaisical about how their day starts and how it progresses, well, they're not as committed to their goals or, or they have committed to a different kind of routine and lifestyle. I have talked briefly on this podcast before about people who tend to wake up late and stay up late and how they have a totally different vibe than I do. So I'm not going to outright say that if you wake up late or without a plan that your life is going nowhere. Uh, I can say from my personal experience, that's true for me. I know firsthand that I'm the kind of person that when I have a committed schedule, I wake up early and sunrise matters and 5 a.m. miracles matter. My gosh, my day is so awesome. And the days that I am not committed to that schedule, the days that I let up on that discipline, the days can be fine. They can be good, but they're not as good. They're definitely not great. 
And so it, it really is that question of if you're going to be where the pros are, do what the pros do, you have to define out front what it means to be a pro in your world. What does it mean in terms of lifestyle, in terms of routine, in terms of the goals you've set for yourself? Right. We all have different uh, vibes in terms of how you want to approach our day. So I'm not going to say that waking up late is bad, but I am going to argue that waking up late unintentionally has potential consequences you may not be aware of. That if you were to choose your ideal schedule, to choose to intentionally set your routines to achieve the goals you want, you might make different choices. I would bet you would. I would bet you'd get up earlier. I would bet you'd have a different schedule. So that's my challenge to you. Are you being intentional with that routine? And if not, what changes can you make that's more ideal for how you want to live? And of course, along those same lines, you're going to see pros who are in bed early if their goal is to get out of bed early the next morning. Or what I'll say there is pros tend to prioritize sleep because they know that's going to give them the energy and vitality for the next day, that they have prioritized their health. You know, the tagline for this podcast is the 5 a.m. miracle. It is healthy productivity for high achievers. That has been the tagline of this show for the last couple of years. And it's something that I've not discussed as much as I probably should have. Mostly from this idea that I've kind of taken it for granted that that's how I think about my life. Uh, healthy productivity means you prioritize health before productivity. It means the pro is going to say, in order for me to be the pro I want to be, that means I'm a pro with my personal health first. It means I'm going to take care of my sleep, my fitness, my diet, my stress levels. I'm going to take care of all of that. And when that's in place, well, then the work is going to get done. We're all going to be great. Everything's going to happen. And the pro believes that and the pro lives just like that. Now, another area of this topic that I want to make sure I spend some time on is this concept around what it means to avoid making a decision or making the decision slowly, or really what is procrastination. You know, there are a lot of, of scenarios in life, of projects we work on or certain goals we have where it's, it's not in our focus line. We're not giving enough attention to some area of our life. I'll say this from the perspective that recently I've been much more aware of the idea that when I focus on something, I am not focusing on other things. That's what it means to make a decision is to kill off other choices. It's to choose one thing and just basically ignore the rest, which in some scenarios is ideal. You have to do that to move forward. But in others, you know, with life, you can't just give all of your attention to your health and never do your job. You can't give all of your attention to your family and never take care of your health. Like, these things are, they're not mutually exclusive. We have to kind of find a balance with all of these goals. But there are certain areas where if you've been slacking, let's say, you've been avoiding making a choice for a while, you've been avoiding that like inevitable, I have to deal with this at some point situation, what does that really mean for you? What it could mean is you have spent too much time endlessly comparing options, too much time actively searching for anything else to work on besides that one thing that in the back of your mind is always there bugging you. Right? You could be the kind of person who postpones making that choice until the better time. Or you keep rescheduling your calendar to bump that decision down the line a little further, a little further again and again. Right? What I've seen with myself recently is that if I have a big decision to make, I often find myself worrying about that choice, thinking about it, but not actually solving it. I have the thought in my head. It may even be on my calendar or in my task list, but I'm not 
actively, directly addressing it. Avoiding making a decision like that that just hangs in the back of your mind. I mean, it's always there. It's always bugging you, right? It's just there. And it's there for the reason I just discussed, like we're trying to find balance in life. Well, it's, well, I've got a busy schedule. I've got a job. I've got kids. I've got, you know, personal goals. But if there's something that's bugging you, if you've not been addressing it, it's not going away. <laughs> this is the issue. It's not going to leave you making a choice on that, making the decision to make a choice on that is such a powerful direction to move in. If you assume that you will discover a perfect answer at some point and just wait for that magical moment, you're going to stay where you are right now. But if you assume that this thing is not going away, because it's not, and you address it now, you've opened that can of worms in a way that is perfect for the direction you're going to go. You have decided to say, I am going to say yes to this thing, despite how uh, whatever I'm going to learn from it, right? Whatever I've been fearful of or ignoring, whatever I've been hiding from, I'm finally going to say, this is the moment. Today is the day. Let's dig in. Let's unearth this. Let's begin to make some traction here. Let's start with something small to address it, but finally get past that, that mental block that says, I've been putting this off for too long. The amateur will stay there basically indefinitely. And the pro will say, I can acknowledge this thing on my mind. I can write it down. I can make a plan of action. I can take direct, actionable choices in the moment now to begin that process to unravel this thing and see progress over time. This is acknowledging reality. It's writing down the things that are in your head, putting it on paper, and then doing something about it. That's all this is. Fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should check out my sponsor, Babbel. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, and studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions, without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. So if you've been there, if you've been struggling with a decision to make and things have been difficult, let's break down how to make these choices faster, right? The speed element here is the is the core of what this is, right? How do we decide, okay, this thing is in the back of my mind. I want to address it. Well, how do I address it more quickly and get moving on this? Well, first of all, number one strategy is go directly after the thing you want. 
This is the great monopoly analogy. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Go straight to the thing you came for. No distractions. No procrastination. You just get to it. I say that from personal experience. There have been so many things where I've said, well, there's this thing that I know I should be doing. So instead of doing it, I'll do something that's kind of similar to it. I'll do something that's kind of in the same group as it. But I'm not going to actually do the thing. Of course not. I'll, I'll do that later. Kind of like the snowball effect. Let me ramp up to it. Let me kind of indirectly scoot around and eventually we'll figure it out. It's like, that's, that's not it. That, that's not the path. The path is to just rip off the Band-Aid, right? Go straight to the thing. The second way to make decisions faster is to practice making faster decisions. So the great news here is this is a skill. And it can be improved over time. So give yourself a little bit of grace to start poorly at this, right? This is can be a challenge if you've been the kind of person who just tends to wait too long to make these kinds of choices. Well, then get some tea, get a focus block of time, and tr practice this process. Start making choices faster. I just had a project last week. I actually alluded to it in the episode last week where I talked about this issue I had with a, an account with Amazon, and I was fighting with them back and forth. Well, I had a whole series of tasks I wanted to complete around cleaning up some of my digital spaces and online systems. And one thing I realized was that there are certain systems I had in place that I had kept in place, but I shouldn't have. They were a mistake, basically. There was a better way to do things, and I just avoided the cleanup process. I had avoided making a decision on what to do next. And I started just going rapid fire at this stuff, or just one choice after another, over and over again, and seeing the results of me finally saying, let me address this thing I've ignored for far too long. And the emotional impact of this was so freeing. I all of a sudden felt like, oh my gosh, I just, I just did something today. Like This was a real significant, productive day. I didn't just do some random task on my list. I intentionally prioritized something that I had ignored. And I made a lot of choices in rapid succession to move things forward. And it just, it felt great. It really felt great and reminded me of how important this is to do these types of things more often, to improve that skill set, to practice this and get better at it so you can make more choices faster down the line. I do want to pause here and acknowledge the fact that I basically learned this entire concept of making choices faster from Dan Miller. Uh, he's the author of 48 Days of the Work You Love. Uh, he used to live here in Nashville where I live. He moved to Florida, I think, two years ago. And Dan Miller is a phenomenal man with phenomenal career advice and lots of great business advice. But one thing that he taught me a long time ago was that if you want to get somewhere, anywhere, anywhere you're trying to go, you've got to get to the decision as quickly as possible because those who make decisions faster, they're the ones who move. They are the high achievers. They are the goal achievers. They're the ones making a difference. And the ones who delay are the ones who just stay in that vicious cycle of indecision. Now, your third strategy, your third way here to make choices faster is to set a clear deadline to make the call. So you don't want to let indecision drag on indefinitely. And one way to avoid that is to give yourself a very clear date and time. By this day, at this time, I will have a choice no matter what. This one can be very easy for certain tasks and extremely stress-inducing for others. Um, I'll give a good example here. So I was trying to decide recently how to revamp my fitness program, and I was a little stuck on exactly which direction to go. 
And I didn't want to linger too long on it. I wanted to get myself moving. And so I basically just said, I'm going to show up at the park. I'm going to go for a hike and just kind of figure it out in the moment. Just let myself kind of feel where my body is, what I want to do today. And so I did kind of a vigorous hike and that was it. I didn't run There's nothing else special about it, but I just wanted to kind of break the ice and get myself moving in that direction. There's another project that I have in my business that I've been delaying literally for years which has a lot to do with the direction of the business and some bigger visions that I have for it. And I have not made the call for years. I'm not kidding. Years I have sat on, what am I going to do about this certain sector of my work? And so for me, I have set a deadline. I've got it on my calendar now. I'm not yet there, so I'm going to get there soon, but it's coming up. I can see it. It's it's scheduled, so it, it will happen. And knowing it will happen is also very comforting. Like I feel this sense of conclusion. I feel like I've already made the choice because I know the choice is going to get made, which is another component here that I've kind of alluded to a little bit, which is the emotional side of making choices. It's this feeling, this euphoria you get from knowing you have just closed this open loop. You have put away this thing that has been a distraction, mental or otherwise. I mean, you're able to put it away and then move forward. You have this refreshing restart, this ability to move forward in a way that you otherwise just weren't able to do because the choice wouldn't go away. Fourth way to make a faster decision is to use your brain for creativity and not storage. Um, I love this topic. I've discussed it many times on this show because I believe in what it is which is leveraging technology and tools we have at our disposal right now uh, to store the long-term information in systems designed for it. Because ideally what you want to do is take the, the mental game of trying to remember things, of using your brain as a massive encyclopedia, and basically saying, nah, Google can do that. I don't have to. My computer can do that. I don't need to. My phone is way smarter than me. Let my phone handle it so that my brain can just be creative. So I can have this creative energy to connect the dots on things and move things forward. But if I need to recall information, I'll just look it up because my systems are designed for that. I can easily find what I need when I need it without having to memorize everything. And one way to make faster decisions and to move forward quickly is to rely on the tools and systems that are faster than you are. Use the technology that can get the job done without you, once again, trying to do it all yourself. That's the bigger concept here is use what you have, and it's going to allow you to then let your brain do the work it's designed to do. Now, the fifth and final strategy here to make decisions faster is to have reminders absolutely everywhere. I love a good reminder. I've talked for years about Nozbe, my task manager. I use my computer and phone. That's N-O-Z-B-E. And Nozbe is my kind of digital brain in that sense. And I use it for reminders for everything. All my lists I have for today, there's at least three more that I'm going to work on later that are reminders that I set in the last few days because I'm using the technology to remind me to do the right thing at the right time for the right reasons. Now, you could use a digital tool like that. You can use a physical planner or post-it notes, uh, physical objects that are put in certain places to block you. (laughs) Just as a great example. Whenever I have a household chore to do that I, for some reason, ignored, I will take whatever that item is, like the lawnmower or you know, ba- basket of laundry, whatever the thing is, 
and I'll put it in an obnoxious place. I can't forget it. I'll put it in my way on purpose. So the next time I walk through the hallway or leave through my garage, well, there's that thing. and It's right there. It's impossible to walk around. And so I'm forced to address it. And so if you need reminders like that in your life where you are physically putting things in a place where you will be required to do it, you're going to do it, which is the whole point. You can make choices faster by ensuring that what you need and when you need it and where you need it is all aligned ahead of time. And then the actual execution of the task is super simple because you've got what you need. So you just go and you do it. And the delay is just not there because the thing you need is there. Okay. I want to wrap this whole conversation up with this thing that I discussed at the very top of the show, which is the one sentence test. This is a brand new concept that I have. It's not brand new in the world. It's brand new to me. I'll say that. Uh, It's brand new to me in the sense that I began to utilize this recently when I was trying to define for myself what a few projects were that I was working on. And I was having a hard time with clarity. I was having a hard time with really defining the specific end goal, the finish line that I wanted to cross. And so what I discovered was that if I force myself into a tiny little box, in this case, one sentence to define the thing, I have the clarity I needed. That less in this case is definitely more that brevity is the solution. If I can be clear in a very short time frame, I'll know what I want. I'll know exactly what it is. And I will have the, the focus I need to move forward. So here's what it is. The one sentence test is basically, well, what do you do for a living? Or what's the best workout? Or what's your life philosophy? Right. Answer these questions and ones just like them in one sentence or less. This is tough, right? I mean, what's your life philosophy? That's a big one. Or the question of what do you do for a living? You may know the answer to that. You may have a job title you would just give out. Uh, Someone like me who is an entrepreneur who does a thousand things, I have a really hard time with that question. I've had a hard time with that for years because I can answer that question a thousand different ways. So forcing myself to be specific in that, what gives me focus on what my career is, what my business is, what I am doing with my time. So the same question could be asked for you. Like, what are you doing about your health? What is the one sentence test applied to your health, fitness, diet? What are you doing about that? What is the one sentence answer? When you have that kind of clarity, you can move. That kind of clarity results in action. And that's the goal here. We're trying to get to a lifestyle where things are in motion. And they're in motion when you know where you're going and why you're going there, and what that destination actually looks like. That's the whole point, right? Less is more in the sense that less is specific, less is clear. And the more clarity you have, the fewer excuses you will have, the less opportunity you will have to make an excuse. All of this flows together, and it's beautiful. All right, as a review for the episode this week, we covered quite a bit here, but let's review kind of the top five big ideas. Number one, amateurs and pros think and act differently. Number two, your goal is to be where the pros are, both physically and mentally and emotionally. Number three, do not avoid making a choice. Just go directly after it. Number four, making faster choices like the pros is a learnable skill, which is very exciting. And number five, of course, use that one sentence test to determine the most clear path to your current goal 
or obstacle. Allow the brevity and the less is more concept to dictate your progress going forward. And for the action step this week, make the call. The only way to move forward is to move. Indecision really is a brutal obstacle and it will only serve to delay the inevitable. Make the choice now, learn from what happens, and then make another choice. That's the process. Rinse and repeat. JeffSanders.com slash 500 is the place to go for the episode notes. And of course, subscribe to or follow this podcast in any amazing podcast app you're using right now. That's all I've got for you here on the 5 a.m. Miracle Podcast this week. Until next time, you have the power to change your life. And the fun begins bright and early. Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and I'm here to tell you about Greg McEwen and his amazing show, The Greg McEwen Podcast, part of the Yap Media Network. Want to achieve more by doing less, all while avoiding burnout? You can design a life that really matters with Greg McEwen, author of New York Times bestsellers, Effortless and Essentialism. His mission is to help you advocate and negotiate your way to remarkable results. Every Tuesday, Greg discusses one key topic he finds interesting and valuable through the lens of the essentialist. Every Thursday, he invites thought leaders, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and people like you for inspired weekly conversations focused on learning how to do what matters first and do less but better. His content will stir your thoughts and spark inspiration and action. And his British accents, well, that's just the cherry on top. Subscribe to the Greg McEwen podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.